0: Tonight, we will begin from where we left off last week on the virtue of poverty. So I want to continue specifically in the area of desires. We left off last week by reading number 63 of our path. The purification of your desires is the first stage of purification in my sacred heart. You begin to move only according to my desires and not yours. You no longer do what you want to do. Nor go where you want to go. But now you go only where I take you. You choose to live each day according to what is most difficult, not what is easiest. This will require a greater discipline of your will, greater silence, and stillness of soul in me. And I ask that you forgive me that I started this teaching without a prayer and consecrating it to the Lord. So I thank you, Jesus, for correcting me right away, for reminding me that I can do nothing without you, that you are the source of this teaching and that I am your insignificant vessel. Therefore, I consecrate this teaching totally to your Sacred Heart through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take total possession of this teaching for the glory of God and for the continued transformation of his little mustard seed, amen. In the second reflection of our 2020 encounter, we went deep into desires. And I think it's really important during this these reflections for Lent on poverty that you go back to our 2020 encounter as I constantly pull things from there. So I'm going to remind you of some important words from St. Augustine. He said And this comes from our second reflection of the encounter. The entire life of a good Christian is in fact, an exercise of holy desire. He also said, by desiring heaven, we exercise the powers of our soul. Now this exercise will be effective only to the extent that we free ourselves from desires leading to infatuation with the world. Let me return to the example I have already used, St. Augustine says, of filling an empty container. God means to fill each of you with what is good, so cast out what is bad. If he wishes to fill you with honey, and you are full of sour wine, where is the honey to go? The vessel must be emptied of its contents and then be cleansed. Yes, it must be cleansed, even if you have to work hard to scour it. It must be made fit for the new thing, whatever it may be. The entire journey of the path is to empty our hearts of everything so that it can be filled with God. The virtue of poverty requires sacrifice because we must be willing to renounce too many things our flesh desires. We learned in the retreat of 2020 that there are are different levels of the virtues for example we learned that through coming to know our wounds our lies all that process of the beginning of the path we grow in the first level of humility which is coming to know our nothingness our misery our weakness and coming to depend more and more in God. In the Sacred Heart, we began to move into the second level of humility, which is coming to live in the will of God. It's the same thing with the virtue of poverty. And I'll give you an example of my own life. Many years ago, before Love Crucified, The Holy Spirit began to purify me of the desires of my flesh. And I would say that's probably the beginning of the growth in the virtue of poverty. For example, I would go to a a department store sale and I would see uh, different pieces of clothing at a great bargain price. And I would come home with a new shirt, a new skirt, and I would lay it out in my room. And then I would begin to feel this guilt. And I would begin to look at these things and say, I overbought. I was led by the desires of my flesh. I would start to look at each garment and say, I really don't need this. And out of everything I bought, I would keep one thing that I felt I could really use at that time. I'd have to put everything back in the bag, go back to the store and return it. And this went on for a while, slowly, The same process began to happen before I bought the things. As I would be walking through Marshalls or any of these stores, I would look at something and even though it was beautiful and at a very good price, I would say, I really don't need this and I wouldn't buy it. So little by little, things that I was attached to like pretty pieces of clothing, the Lord began to purify in me. In an in- interview with St. Jose Maria Escrivá, he said this, Poverty consists in large measure in sacrifice. It means knowing how to do without the superfluous, And we find out what is superfluous, not so much by theoretical rules, as by the interior voice, which tells us we are being led by selfishness or undue love of comfort. That was the inner voice I was hearing. And I think we're all familiar, I hope so, with that inner voice. I'll give you another example. In in an article that I read, entitled Embracing the Virtue of Poverty in Your Own Life, the author, Kenzie Kaye wrote this, concerning poverty, detachment is the key. Are we attached to the material things we have? Or do we entrust our riches totally to the Lord? knowing that he gives and he takes away. Practicing virtue requires hard work and sacrifice. Practicing poverty as a virtue does not necessarily mean ridding ourselves of everything we own of which we're fond. But it does require a deep Inward dive to ask an honest question. How would I respond if this phone, cherished book, painting from a child, picture of a deceased loved one, treasured necklace, workshop, car, house, etc., were taken away? We might think the Lord would only ask us to spare the things we have in surplus, clothes, books, toys, the extra full pantry, but he often asks us to give or let go of that which is precious. This too happened to me. I would say the one thing I owned that is the most precious thing to me is my love crucified covenant cross and a few years ago the lord took that away from me i was traveling with a few of the sisters from our community and it fell off my neck i i have no idea where it was gone. And I went for quite a long time without my cross. I was so attached to my cross. It was a huge suffering to lose my cross. But then the Lord began to teach me something. He wanted me to understand that the most important is not the physical cross, but that my heart had to become everything that our love crucified cross stands for. I have to become one with love crucified. And as I was thinking of this, I was actually gazing at our sister that passed away a year ago, Monica's cross. Because I have her cross and it hangs in my office. And I thought Monica has passed from this world and she couldn't take her cross with her. Yet the beauty of our sister is that she was transformed into what our cross stands for. So yes, many times the Lord even asks us to let go of precious things, things that are very meaningful, like our love crucified cross, only to give us a greater gift, something deeper of the heart. So now I would say, as we have been in the sacred heart of Jesus in the path, that part of the path, we move to what our Lord taught us about the spirit of poverty. Because now I would say we enter a deeper level of humility, a deeper level of the virtue of poverty, purity, simplicity. And this is what the Lord taught us in number 110, The spirit of poverty is lived when you allow the Holy Spirit, my blessed mother and myself, to strip you of everything interiorly. Notice that the Lord says everything. Your desires, expectations, plans, attachments, securities, consolations in friendships, even consolations from me, so that you are left completely empty. It is a soul that has been stripped of everything that is empty, that can be filled with my life. The Lord doesn't want to empty us to make us miserable, but to fill us with true and lasting happiness, fulfillment of life. So we move on today to the second part of this teaching. And we continue with the desires and attachments. And I thought it was so beautiful that yesterday, Ash Wednesday, the gospel of Ash Wednesday is an incredibly beautiful lesson on what is true poverty and the purification of our hearts of desires and expectations and attachments. So let's review a little the gospel. It was from Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1 through 18. And it says, beware of practicing your piety before men in order to see to be seen by them thus when you give alms sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by men but when you give alms Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. I was thinking of the woman who gave that one coin in the temple and Jesus noticed her. Why it wasn't so much the coin. It was her heart she gave everything to God out of love out of abandonment out of reverence she wanted to give everything to God and the Lord was so pleased because he knew the purity of her heart notice that it says that the Pharisees want to give alms because what they're after is to be praised. How many things do we do that we are not even fully conscious of to receive praise and recognition from others, to be noticed, to be applauded, this is also part of us we need to pray to the holy spirit to bring to our consciousness all of this that exists in each of us we go on in the gospel to verse five jesus continues teaching he says and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by men. What do we see here? They're praying not so much for the glory of God, but to be noticed. This is what we've learned in the path is a fake Saint falsehood, a false piety. We do good things, but our intention is to look good and to be esteemed by others. Verse six goes on to say, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who sees in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you and in praying do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him again the Lord is pointing out the intention of the heart, the things we do not for him, but to be seen, to be heard, to be praised by others. What I found as I meditated this gospel yesterday to be so beautiful for me personally, was now in verse nine through 13, Jesus introduces the prayer of the Our Father. I had never understood the prayer of the Our Father in the context of Jesus giving a reprimand of the Pharisees. So now, let's meditate this together. Verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus is teaching us that our lives must be for the glory of God. Everything we do must be for the glory of God, not for our Self glorification. Verse 10 Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is here teaching us to live in the will of God. When we live in the will of God, thy kingdom come has entered. Is already on earth in us thy kingdom come is in our hearts when we live in the will of God verse 3 I mean 11 give us this day our daily bread the first level of humility knowing I can do nothing without being fed directly from God. If I don't receive the Eucharist, I don't have his life in me. I live, we live dependent on God. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors repentance and self-knowledge we must live every time we pray the our father conscious of our brokenness of our sinfulness of our weakness of our misery and ask for forgiveness and in living knowing my misery I can now have the compassion to forgive others because I live aware of my misery. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The God is reminding us that temptations is part of life but that he is the power to help us, to defend and protect us, but also deliver us from evil is a constant reminder to all of us when we pray the Our Father, that evil exists inside our hearts. It's called sin. And I am called to not recite anymore ever this Our Father prayer without truly going to the heart to live it, to be serious about working hard daily to allow and cooperate with God to purify me, Lord, as of the evil that exists in me. I realized this beautiful prayer of the Our Father is lived out as we live the simple path to union with God. It is so easy to recite this prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We say it like uh, (laughs) a... But to really now see the living the Our Father Praying it with the heart as our mother of Medjugorje has asked us is actually entering deep and living the path. Then we're truly praying the Our Father with our lives. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? I, I thought it was. So now we go to verse 16. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrite for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by men that your fasting may not be seen by men but by your father and your father who sees in secret will reward you my community the desires to be seen heard and praised by others was the hidden intent in the hearts of the pharisees probably not even consciously known to themselves they had impure intentions just like us the good works of almsgiving prayer and fasting are not flowing from the love and therefore are not pleasing to the Lord who sees the heart. Again, growth in true poverty must involve both. The works of mercy united with the interior work of the purification and emptying of our hearts. That is true growth in poverty. Self-knowledge is the gift of the Holy Spirit that obtains for us self-discovery, which leads to renunciation through repentance in order to love more and more solely in God and for God. We don't renounce to anything just for the sake of renunciation, but because we desire God. If we are renouncing things without a true conscious awareness that I'm renouncing this because I want to be filled with God. The danger is we begin to do all kinds of acts of penance, but as um, brownie points with God for heaven. It's like I'll renounce, I'll sacrifice all these things to make me look better and earn God's approval. So, I'd like to just end by pointing out a few things through the years that we have learned concerning this in our community. I noticed that in this gospel from yesterday, Jesus mentioned hypocrisy three times. So, what did I do? I went back to the teaching our community had on hypocrisy from July 11th of 2019. And this was a beautiful teaching because it was all coming from the teaching from Father Cantalamesa on his first Lenten homily of 2019. So I invite you in this time of Lent to go and listen to that teaching again. Father Cantalamesa said the opposite of purity of intentions is hypocrisy. Therefore, my family, because we are not fully pure in our intentions, all of us have a certain level of hypocrisy in us. Father Cantalamesa went on to say, it is surprising that the sin of hypocrisy, the sin most denounced by Jesus in the Gospels, enters so little into our ordinary formulations of an examination of conscience, not having found in any of them the question, Have I been a hypocrite? The greatest act of hypocrisy would be to hide one's own hypocrisy. From hiding it from ourselves and others, since it is impossible to hide it from God. Hypocrisy is, in a large part, overcome the moment it is recognized. Therefore, to our examination of conscience, we all must add the question in big letters. Have I been a hypocrite? And I think because we don't want to see ourselves as hypocrites, most of the times we are hypocrites, we're not even aware of it. So boy, do we have to kiss the feet in Lent and beg for the grace to see our hypocrisy, our impure intentions, our ways we act like fake saints, And then I would like to remind you that the third reflection of our 2020 encounter was called Purification of Our Desires. Yesterday, I heard that whole reflection again, and I have spent most of this week meditating that reflection. There is a section in that reflection that speaks about our wounds from childhood that were not met and how that unmet desire needs leads to disordered desires which lead to our disordered tendencies in that reflection Father Jordi and I spoke about two capital sins pride and envy that are very much associated with our desires, expectations, attachments. I invite you to go back and review and live again the purification of desires. What I see in my own life, in my conversations with Father Ron here every day in La Casita Listening to you in accompaniment, the purification in the sacred heart, the growth in the spirit of poverty, of being emptied, is very difficult because our attachments and our desires have become so much part of us. Therefore, this process of the first nail of purification will take our entire lives so we cannot forget listen this week to this reflection again but it's not enough my community to just listen to a reflection and i'll give you an example that i have lived here with father ron i had an experience in my own life a few weeks ago where I was aware that I did not react out of love. Having been living the path with you, I knew. So immediately in my time of adoration, I went before the Lord asking him, where was that reaction coming from? The Lord began to reveal to me my wounds, how I reacted from a wound. He began to reveal to me my expectations. This morning, again, He takes me. I spent two hours digging deep, two full hours begging the Lord. Because after my confession yesterday, Through the grace I received from confession, the Lord took me deeper to discover a duplicity in my own heart. It was awesome. It is called freedom when we see in our own hearts evil and darkness and we can repent And give it to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. It is beautiful. This is what it means to live the first nail in the sacred heart. This is what it's going to take to truly become poor in spirit. So I end with the words we began last week with from the Lord. From the mission of the 12. A victim's soul must fix his eyes on Christ. Must desire with all his being to become one with his master. Must be willing to learn from him and imitate him. He must be willing to fight against all his disordered desires. We need to pray for the grace of the Holy Spirit to give us the desire to become one with our Master Love Crucified. That means that I need to have the desire to be rejected, to not be heard, to not be esteemed, to not be praised, because that is the life of my Love Crucified. And when I am not, when I am ignored, when I am not heard, I need to thank God because he gave me an opportunity of profound intimacy with him. How difficult is this to grow in this desire? The desire of Jesus Christ on earth was the cross because he is love. And of ourselves, we can never get to that level. But with God, nothing is impossible. Praise be to God. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com dot com. God bless you.